Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. This episode today, I know you're going to get a lot of value from it. I know it's, for a lot of people who are still in college, it's that time of year where you're, you're applying for, for jobs, getting ready for interviews, um, or just having meetings with people. This episode should be really valuable to you because we talk about the different ways um, that you can approach an interview. And we all love that question where they ask, hey, tell me about yourself. We give you... That question sucks. Yeah, that's, it's the typical question that everyone asks. It's just like, all right, let's see how far down the rabbit hole we go. Right. So we, we give you a strategy to explain your personal value proposition in a way that is powerful, um, communicates your true value, and kind of gives you kind of give you the right steps to take when answering that tough question when they ask you to tell you about yourself. What, what else, Slager? Uh, so, yeah, we, we kind of get into embracing those tough questions. So that question sucks, but that question is also uh, an awesome question, too. Um, so all joking aside, that's when you can really shine, and it's your time to brag about yourself. Um, we all you know, might not want to brag as much or think we're doing too much in an interview, but they want to know uh, who you are and what kind of value you have, what Tim was getting back to, explain your value and your purpose to the company and why you're worth that position. And also get the right questions to ask too. I think uh, putting them on their heels a little bit is a good thing. You wanna find out um, how people are managed, how the environment is, figure out what you like, you don't like, cause, cause you know what, what you're gonna do best uh, in environmentally, um, within the office so figure all that out and even if it's an uncomfortable question for you that means it's probably gonna be a little uncomfortable for them but make them give you the answers that that you need to make a sound decision uh, this is for your career um, you know this, this is a big step so make sure that you're not just going into something where oh they threw a little money at you and you're taking a job really dive in understand what you're getting into the day-to-day what people like and what they don't like. Uh, so ask those questions to them as well and see what they would change and just get a lot of different perspective uh, before you make uh, that big big decision there. So really hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, hope you have some good takeaways, some value added because uh, that transition is tough from, from college to real world. So without further ado, here we are. We were talking earlier about uh, I asked like kind of your interview process with Wildman because mm-hmm. we talked about how we look at interviews now and we're weird we just kind of have these conversations on a whim and then we go oh save it mm-hmm. but <clears throat> talking about how we look at interviews now and how much more comfortable I know I would be in them hopefully I never have to do another interview mm-hmm. really that's kind of right. my goal like my right. goal is now to not have to update my resume or interview ever again. Mm-hmm. I know that's subject to change, but right now I love everything I'm doing. So, yeah. but we talked about having been in enough, you and I have now realized like it really is. You need to ask about them more so you don't go into a job and end up hating it once you're there for six months. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, I've only been here six months, but. I'm miserable already. Yeah. And it's it really is interviewing them just as much as they are you. It's a two-way conversation. Exactly. You can't, you can't look at it as a as a one-way them drilling you with questions. It's not what it is. Right. Ask them hard stuff. Cuz if if you make them think, 
then they're gonna be like, oh wow, this person really put me on my heels. Like I need to, I need to look into this person. They're gonna be here to challenge. Right. Because I, I guarantee you, the more questions you ask in an interview, and the more quality questions you ask, the more you're gonna separate yourself from other candidates. Yeah. Like I, I remember, last job I had, I asked them, like, look, um, I was like, what did I say? Oh, I said, what's something that you each really enjoy about the company and what's something that you dislike and what would you do to change it and then they both kind of I, I had two interviewers and they both kind of sat back a little bit and I I lightened it up I made a joke I was like look I'm not trying to get you guys in trouble here I just want to know what's going on that you would fix mm-hmm. and then like they had to think of like well, you know, there's this, and I, I thought I could have made it better with this process I, I created, and they didn't want to do it, and just kind of brushed to the side, so that's something I would want to change. So I was like, okay, now this is a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's no longer an interview. It's getting to know the company and what you want to change. Right. And then it's like, okay, like let it run however long it needs to go. <clears throat> if it goes past your allotted time, even better. Mm-hmm. If it's super short and sweet, unless it's like, okay, I don't think I need to see anything else we'll be in touch. Unless it's one of those, let it go long. Right. I think if you frame your mindset and the fact, hey, how am I gonna take the present situation of this company and turn it into their ideal situation for this company using my job and my role? Because that's the first, and I think once you approach it that way, that turns it from a one-way conversation into a two-way conversation. That's a good and that's, shift. That's what, that's what an interview should be. Because you should, I think that the two most important questions you should ask is or not the most important but two of the most important is what's the, what's your ideal vision for my role that I'm applying for like you said what would you make better about it what have previous people done that you wish would be done better how can I take this job this, this role and bring it to a higher level that's the first question you should ask like what's the vision for that then I would ask what's the vision for the company as a whole because that that can expand your job description by asking them, hey, where would you take the company? Oh, hey, we want to cut costs in this area. Hey, we want to make more money over here. Hey, we want to engage more with this type of customer. That's when you can kind of take your role and be like, oh, I can take this role to another level. And that's kind of one of those things is the more I feel like it's a two-way conversation, the more information you're going to get from them. And that's going to kind of give you inspiration to make a conversation within an interview a lot more memorable in their eyes than what someone else would because you uncovered those needs that you asked them about the right. job the company so make it less because the interview is about you and you're gonna you're gonna talk about yourself but don't make it all about you make right. it about them too and I think people are scared to do that because they want to just get everything about themselves out as they can but I think the interviewers will appreciate you taking an interest in them as well. Sure. There's a balance, obviously. You can't just make it all about them. Right. Because that's what it is in a sales interview like, or a sales presentation. You make it all about them. But an interview, you kind of have to channel that, but also strike the balance between selling yourself as well. So two-way conversation. I like that. So I guess how, how do you recognize, say you're in the interview and – like, ah, I don't know if this is going well or if it is. How can you on the fly kind of make a shift or give it that, that extra juice 
if, if you're not sure and you're like, well, we might be getting towards the end. I really don't know if I made the impression I need to make. I need to do something. I need to pull something off here. Yeah, I would what, have. What can you do on the fly where it's like, ah, I'm just not sure, but on the safe side, let me throw this at them and hopefully leave something. Right. No, I would. That's a good question. I would have two to three emergency questions in okay. your in your bank. Okay. Like questions that you can pull from the back of your head in, in times that you just described. Oh, this, this interview isn't going well. What questions can I ask that are going to result in an answer for them that allows me to talk more about myself? So one, one example of that would be one question I would have is, what characteristics does someone in this position exhibit that makes them successful? Like, Ooh. or describe to me the ideal candidate for this position. Let them tell you what they want from the candidate. And then whatever they say, match. Because if they say, oh, I want someone that's diligent. I want someone that's hardworking. I want someone that's empathic. I want someone that's good with numbers. I want someone that's good with Excel. Whatever they say to that question, what, what successful people, what do they exhibit in this role? Whatever they say, match whatever they say to your skills. Identify things they say in their answer to your own self. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is ask questions that are going to set up yourself for an answer back to what they say. Could, what, could the same be said for asking what have most people who have gone through this role not done that you wish had gotten done? Right. And see what they say. So, don't worry about just spitting off and yeah, find find the little landmines too. I think. Yeah. And like once you ask it in those ways, I think the way you ask things or how you're asking them is also going to put them in a in a place of, whoa, this is this is a different level of thinking here. This person is, they're, they're not like the rest I've talked to today. Right. Like that'll make you from kind of plain Jane. You know, just regular interview to this is a little something, something, something. Yeah. You know? Because if you make the interviewer really evaluate information on their end and make them think. Right. They have a list of questions. Right. Because that's not, they, they're just reading that off. Yeah. Like, and they know what they want to hear, but give them what they don't expect to hear. Yeah. Ask, ask them questions that are going to really make them evaluate their current situation and get them talking about things that maybe they weren't even thinking about before. Because the interview doesn't have to be about you the whole time. Right. Make it so that it, it delivers value to them because you ask them good questions. So say like, say someone doesn't think their resume is as beefed up as maybe the next candidate. Maybe it's a more well-known company or bigger brand or name or something where it's, it's a tougher one to get a lot of people are going for it mm-hmm. say someone gets this this in person interview you know they have the face to face scheduled and they're looking down and they're just thinking man I don't know if I have enough on here that's going to really make me stand out mm-hmm. then what do they do I would find out you're talking about their resume they don't think right. their resume is right well, Maybe they had a pretty decent phone conversation or a phone interview. They have a face-to-face, but they're still like, man, I don't know if this is where it needs to be. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if my experience is where it should be more than the next person. Um, so how, how do you combat that? If you end up getting that, that shot of that interview, 
mm-hmm. but you don't know if your experience or your resume stacks up against the rest, how can you negate that with yeah. your interview? And I, I know we've been talking about really good ways to interview well, mm-hmm. but it, if you think your actual on paper is really going to hurt you that much, mm-hmm. I think how do you attack that? Do you go at that weakness first? in the interview mm-hmm. do you bring that up <clears throat> like where, where you kind of bring up the weakness before they ask about it or before they get thoughts mm-hmm. or, or how do you yeah. how do you battle that because there are there's got to be people who end up getting that in person it's like man I, I don't know I don't know if my, my resume is where it should be right because a lot of weight I think is put on the resume mm-hmm. You can learn only a limited amount of information about someone by just looking at words on paper. But you can learn a lot more about someone with the way they approach the job, their body language, what they care about, what they value. And, and you'll be able, like, interviewers can tell. Like, you're sitting right across from them. They can read your body language like a book. So if you, your passion and your genuine interest to improve the role itself, and if they perceive that you've done interest done research about the company and the role they're going to see that as, as a far greater value than, than hmm. if, if you're qualified but I, like I, I would definitely focus on try to find ex- we, you've lived a long life like you can definitely find experiences in the past where you may you, you may not have been qualified but you took the steps to learn and do whatever you can to do it Yeah. because I feel like if you say you are qualified for a job if you just show up and do your job like if you're all qualified and just show up and do your job and don't make any improvements within the role take that person you take another person over here who's not not as qualified for the role but their desire to grow within the role to learn and improve the status of that role that's going to overshadow this person over here who's qualified for the role i like that let's so let's change change the scene then say so you're in sales Mm -hmm. and I've done I've done some not not as much as as you but say you're in a scenario where you're not expecting to sell yourself but say quite literally if you get in a spot with someone whether it's an elevator or you're in line at something and you just sauna I've talked about sometimes having having conversations in the sauna like. those types of environments to where someone either asks about what you do sees you do something a certain way you get into kind of what you're doing and comes about maybe you think with what with your skill sets you can help them provide them a good service product etc etc so you already made the friendship now you think you can maybe help them via your business how do you go about having a a good just quick rundown face value but it means a lot more than face value Ooh. what do you mean by face value so in, in a quicker setting you don't expect to have to sell it so you really want so kind of having like your own elevator pitch ready to go mm-hmm. h- how do you kind of have a good one of those to where it's it doesn't sound like that but right. you're like okay these are my one two or three main things I'm gonna say this it's gonna be easy like conversation they're gonna know what I offer what I can do mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, like, when, when you're not expecting, <clears throat> like, an interview, you're expecting these types of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So what, what do you have in... And I, I need something better for this, too, because I've, you know, via certain modalities, I'd have marks and whatever left left on myself from getting worked on but like cupping marks or grass and whatever it is and someone asks like where I get it done I need to be better about having something mm-hmm. like oh it's actually where I work but we do this and this yeah so what what is kind of your way for those quicker environments where you don't want it to be rushed right but you need to maybe face value wasn't the best way to put it but no, faster to the point but still meaningful right no I know what you're saying now I think but you're not coming off as trying to give them a quick pitch yeah but if, if you're you and your mind know you are right if you're trying to explain your value to a person in a, in a limited amount of time but still do it in a pretty structured but natural way at the same time I look at it who what how and why okay. four, four things first who are you so explain who you are like if, if they don't already know you already like who you are where you're from how you might know the person, how you might relate to them. So that's that's kind of the first step, like connecting with them as a person. They know who you are, where you're from. Like maybe you can mention where you went to college. Maybe just a couple facts about yourself, just who you are. Okay. And and they'll get that, I guess, through you when you've already been talking to them. Um, and then the what part portion of it, what do you do, and how does it affect other people? So ex- explain like your service or, or what you do as a profession. How do you deliver value to people on a daily basis, on a day-by-day basis, and how does it affect them? So that w- that would be the next thing I say. Like for you, you would you work with other people and you help their 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 range of movement. You help them live healthier lives. You help them become a happier person because they're healthier. That would be yours and mine. Would be hey, I deliver value to people and help help them create a better ideal vision for their business. What you do and how does it affect other people? That would be the second part portion of it. So the who, who you are, where you're from, the what, what do you do, how does it affect other people? I, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I forget, I don't know if it was who I heard it from or read it, but it was about when you explain, like, what you do as a profession, like, spicing it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would you say you do for people uh, as a Wildman sales rep? Like, how would you describe it? I provide higher value, long-term, uniform rental programs that are going to help save people money in the long run, but deliver solutions that make their lives easier. Okay. So you save businesses money, make their lives easier, and help them mm-hmm. achieve their long-term visions right. and success. And I don't like to say save money, because we are doing that in the first place, but I give people more long-term value in their uniform rental program. Because okay. va- value can mean a lot of different things. Like, first got to define what value is. Sure. Value is... One, saving people money. Two, giving them a higher image on their uniforms, which is our cleaning process, um, more consistent bill, more responsiveness. That all goes into a bundle of value because value is the bundle of benefits minus the bundle of sacrifices. So sure. focus on that bundle of benefits that you're sure. giving to them. So Yeah, I was just, I'd heard like to really spice up how you respond to when someone asks like what you do. So like I would say if I wanted to spice it up, like, I help people get out of pain with movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? That's your power statement. Right. Ooh, I like, I like that. I'll use that. Mm-hmm. All That's right. So, so have that. Yes. And then what next? 
then the how. So this how is what makes you unique or different from the other option. So you, you tell people, oh, I, I make pain go away through movement. But you got to ask yourself, in your process of doing that, how is it different from how other people do it? So this kind of separates yourself. And yeah, there's a lot of other people that do what you do, but why should people trust you more than they trust someone else? Why should people come to you and someone else? Mm-hmm. So what, what, are the, what are the small different things that you do? Whether that's you get back to people, if they have a question or issue, you get back to people within a couple hours, whereas some people else might take a couple days. That's an example. Okay. Your responsiveness and your, your personalized approach to people. Yeah. Find out. That's, this is the how. This is the third component. I just think our impro- approach in general is different. Mm-hmm. It's like we focus on more stability and diaphragmatic breathing and really controlling and thinking about your movements methodically. Right. And because we work around them and we work into dysfunction. Right. So it's, I mean, there's a lot more than just that behind pain. Yeah. But and I just think we're very, when we, we have a lot of different modalities too. Mm-hmm. So. And this third component, this is where you, you kind of got into it there. This is where you can kind of tell a personal story or anecdote. Sure. Like this is the how, like, tell me about a time where you went above and beyond someone else and, and made yourself unique. Because at the end of the day, like, especially in an elevator pitch or an interview, people buy stories over anything. Mm-hmm. Emotions. That's because people have the logical part of their brain where they accept facts and data. Your resume, that's the logical part of what people do when they evaluate you. But the emotional part, the stories, the feelings, what people identify with, like, what what makes them get goosebumps on their skin? Right. Stories. That's that's kind of that that's the most important part of this portion of the elevator pitch, and it goes back to your question that you asked about ten. It's like reading a good review. Right. If other reviews are good, the label doesn't matter. Right. And I wish I would have answered this to your question fifteen minutes ago about what how what if you're not qualified for the position? I think people buy stories over stories and emotion over what you look like on paper. Okay. And I think I, I touched on it a little bit, but go back to a time when you did something like that, a story, a time where you overcame something. So focus on telling at least one story in an elevator pitch or you, some type of social proof where you helped someone else in a similar situation to what this person you're talking to is going through. Yeah. Or if you, or if you even start with a story. Yeah. And yep. get to the who you are and where you're from after, mm-hmm. depending on the scenario. Right. Maybe a conversation just happens to... There's a funny bump in and oh this and oh, I remember one time at work this happened and I helped this guy. Yeah. It's like, wait, what do you do? It's like, oh, so you can even start with the anecdote. Yeah, but I, li- I like the fact of having really good stories. Stories. I can't wait till one of our future episodes. We're gonna I'm gonna talk about a book I read in business speech class in college called The Artic- Articulate Executive. Okay. It talks about the presentation and the interview. And it talks about the different methods you can do to start a presentation. And telling a story is one of them. But we'll, we'll get into that in a later time. But Book talk. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to finish the last thing. But, so we oh, talk, you got more for me. No, we talk, so, yeah, so we talked about who, who you are, what you do, and how does it affect other people. How. How is it unique? How does it separate yourself from everything else? Mm-hmm. And then the last part is why. So why should this person trust you? Why should this person... 
invest time and money into you in the long term to establish a trustworthy business relationship. And you may have already, and the funny thing is, you may, have, you may point, have already done this. I was gonna say at that point, hopefully you have that trust already. Right, but round it out. F- okay. f- finish fishing out on what so that means. So in, t- in words and phrasing, how does that mm-hmm. come out? Right. That's, like how, how do you round that out? I think it's a matter of, in an elevator pitch, from that scope, it's taking a genuine interest in helping them out and learning their story, which you may have already done that. And then I think in an interview setting to establish that trust, express how you identify with the company's goals and vision. So demonstrate your knowledge about what they want to achieve. That shows on their part that you take a genuine interest of what they want to achieve. Put yourself in the role already. Yeah, that's going to establish trust. And I think telling stories about how you helped other people also adds to that trust. Oh, sure. They've done that. So focus on, yes, the interview questions when you prep, but also with responses have stories, not just answers. Right. Because the the, the closing and conclusion, this is your punch. Like this is, you want to leave off the conversation with a person that wants to talk to you again and trust you more. This is kind of rounding it out. But you should have already, I I hope that what I described in the the first three phases of it should should establish that trust. But end it on the right note is what I'm saying. And round it out. It's awesome. Show that you really understood their situation and what they want to achieve and connect what you've explained to that. Make sure they know that. Man, now, now that I think about it, like, I think about past interviews, and I used a lot of stories and examples from, like, prior jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, my first job out of college, I, I remember, I don't know how I remember this, but referencing a job that I had going into, like, my sophomore year of college, like, that summer. I pull them from wherever. Mm-hmm. I used them when I was doing construction before that. So that's good. Have like a little bank of stories of different scenarios, how you can apply things. Mm-hmm. I used one. I had to approach a boss about getting our overtime pay because he wasn't yeah. paying us our overtime pay. Hey, there you go. Um, so and that I was what like eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. approaching a grown man about not paying me. Right. So use whether you think it's the smallest thing or the biggest things. I'm not saying like twist words, but like use them in certain scenarios and Mm -hmm. how you inflect and communicate those will provide your example for that situation. Exactly. I've used the same story for multiple scenarios and questions. That's Mm -hmm. okay too. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to this because I also had to do that here too. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll let you ride, so. Yeah, and I think journaling is an important component of that because as you go throughout your life and you write down your, your day-to-day experiences, it, it's tough to remember all the stories of your life and how you can apply them to interviews, but I think going back and looking, looking at what you've journaled about and what you've written down, that, that can kind of give you documented things that you can kind of go back to and talk about in your interview. Because I can think of a lot of stories off the top of my head. But I think writing them out on a day-to-day basis, I think that's one of the beauties of journaling. Daily journaling is you can go back and do that and look at what you've done. Let me hit you with this. Tim, I don't have time. I got home from a long day at work. I'm tired. I got to make dinner. Maybe you got kids. Maybe you don't. I'm just done with the day. Man, I don't have time to just write my whole day down again. And that was a terrible day. Why would I want to relive that? Now what? Find a time when when you do. Find you don't even have to do it at the end of the day when you're tired. 
I would say write about what you love to learn about. Write about. I wake up. I gotta let the dog out. I gotta get ready for work. I get coffee rolling. Got to shower. I gotta get dressed. I don't have time to sit down and journal. Ask yourself if you care enough about it, you'll do it. I would find a time of the day when you're most energetic, when you have the most free time. Do you have time at lunch? Fair enough. Do you have time? I mean, I think if you have time to go through Instagram for 10 minutes on your phone, I think you have time in 10 minutes to journal something down. There we go. You can always find time. It may not seem like it, because believe me, there are days where I feel like I don't have time. But it's a discipline thing. It's how, how disciplined do you want to be about it. And I think at the end of the day, you'll find the more you do it and the more you write down things about what you're feeling and what you love, you're going you're gonna to find that you like doing it. All right. And don't put a time on it like, oh, I didn't write for 15 minutes. This wasn't good. Even if you write down for two minutes, that's still beneficial than writing down for zero minutes. So, Good question. Better answer. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, brother. I think I'm good to wrap this wrap this one up. Sure. Thank you, everybody, for your time. Uh, <clears throat> we kind of got on, on some tangents here about interviews mm-hmm. and elevator pitches. I know we can get a little nerdy with it, but hopefully some good value to those going into the workplace, just transitioning within the workplace, whether it's same company, different company, hopefully took a few, uh, few things away. Mm-hmm. Tim, anything you want to add? No, I, I think uh, – or I think – talking about different ways that you can separate yourself in an interview different techniques you can take if you're not an interview if you're in an elevator pitch I think there's at least one thing that people can find from, from this today and I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it alright thank you guys again go find those stories write them down use them because you do have the experience until next time <laughs>